So as you guys know by this point, I am not the kind of person that touches politics on this podcast. I mean, it's just so divisive, right? And I, and I went through that as to, I forget what number of episodes, around 120, where, you know, you shouldn't let politics ruin your mental health, that you have to take a break from it or lessen how much content you you absorb. And I do that for a reason, right? So when it comes down to it, if you want to hear more political content from me, that's this is just not the place to do it. And when it comes to today's episode, this might be the closest to it in terms of politics. I mean, I know I had my sister talk about her time in D.C. I know I, know I talked about politics in terms of the viewer and your mental ability uh, and, and your, you know, your mindset with it. But with this, I'm specifically talking about capitalism. And again, I'm not going to talk about it fundamentally. I'm going to talk about it through, you know, through the outside lens, through a society lens, through a personal lens. But that's how we do things around here. We're not doing politics. We're not doing arguing. We're not doing controversy. I'm going to tell you, essentially, you might say this is the pros and cons of capitalism, which is the title of today's episode. But why am I talking about this? Because, first of all, two things can be true, right? I've said that before. Secondly, there's always a negative, or you might say there's always a positive, whichever way. But you might definitely say that even though we are very blessed, or I should say at least me, I'm not sure about others, I'm very blessed to have capitalism, especially when there's not that many countries, or maybe we're the only one that had capitalism, to have the opportunity to make a lot of money, to to grow, and opportunities, great universities here too, lots of good when it comes to the United States having capitalism. However, with that good, there's a few bad that I, I assume people don't know about because there, there, there's not enough self-reflection, self-awareness. And that's where I come in and say like, huh, why is that? And getting down to the root of it, capitalism has come up more often than not. So welcome back to yet another episode of High Voltage with Delay. I am your host, Delay. And this is, not, this is not necessarily a shot at capitalism. But if you think about it, it is a shot towards people and how they've taken capitalism to much in their in, in their personal life, in, in their how they conduct themselves. You know, it's it's kind of hard to explain. But yes, the root of this episode of why I want to do it is not to praise capitalism, is to, you know, kind of humble people. Okay? Again, nothing wrong with, with the system. I guess you could say you know, uh, and there's a few things I'm, I'm going to bring up, but the system that we have is the system that we've been having, and if anything changes, then, you know, there might be, like, a crisis, and of course, I'm not, like, an expert to say what changes need to be done or not be done, you know, it's not, like, who really knows how the economy, like, works when you really go down to the nuts and bolts of it, okay, only probably a select few people probably know it and probably could explain it well. Obviously, me not being one of those people. But again, I'm viewing it through the lens of how I see people. Not a political episode. But this does have to do with politics. So it's almost like a sociology point of view analyzing capitalism. And that is something that you might not get elsewhere. 
even on this episode, I'm not a huge fan of the study of society, mainly because it's really hard to understand other people. And sometimes you can't even understand yourself. I am a big fan of philosophy, of psychology, but I never felt like I had that strong connection with sociology. And I probably still don't. But when it comes to this episode, I felt like the only way I could explain myself best was to do it through that lens and to do it through pros and cons. This is not your typical episode. I'm actually literally going to tell you pro and then I'm going to tell you a con of that specific thing. So hopefully there's the backdrop. There's the context. Hopefully you understand where I'm coming from. Let's get moving. The pro, and I think this is a pro that everyone can agree on in this country, in capitalism, we can make a lot of money. I say can, and now here, uh, here's the thing. Specifically pay attention to some words because I, I specifically use them for a reason. You got to be selective sometimes. You got to be not manipulative, but you have to choose wisely what word you're using and why. I say can because I know there are some people that aren't making a lot of money. But can you make a lot? Yes, you can. You can train. You could get qualifications. You can go back to school. All in all, those many different routes to do the same thing. And yes, there can be a way, even for someone not make a lot of money, to make a lot of money. It could even be changing careers. It could be, you know, just switching your word to a different job. But you see tons of people in this country make billions upon billions of dollars. Common people making millions of dollars or six figures. The fact of the matter is, is that, yes, you can. And not many countries do that. Unless, of course, you're like an international corporation. Juggernaut. Here's the con of that, though. And this is kind of the biggest thing as to why I'm doing this episode. And kind of why I'm irked with some people. We care about money too much. And as a result, we find ourselves being greedy. A lot of people today are spoiled. And I do think it is partly because of capitalism of the society that we live in that we judge people on wealth. We judge people on what they have, who they are. Money comes into that. Money is a factor more often than it should be when it comes to personal things. And I think that that has to really come down to our work in which how, how much money we're making. So that's what I'm talking about. When it comes to money, there's a pro and con. With making a lot of it. I think there are a few good people out there. Who make a fair amount of money. Or even make a lot of money. And it doesn't really change who they are. It doesn't let them influence their decisions. Or how they see people. Or how they see something. But a lot of people are influenced by money. And that's not good. I mean what exactly is money? Well I'll tell you. The next pro I have is money or specifically in this case, more money, it's something that can make your life easier. And you might say, well, that's not exactly the definition. No, it's not. But really think about it. What is it? It's a currency. Okay, well, what specific currency? We'll talk about the U.S. dollar. Okay. What's its purpose? Its purpose is to use it to exchange for something that you want or need. doesn't matter. Okay, what is the purpose of that? What do you mean? 
and now see you can you can see I'm talking to myself a little bit. What's the purpose of exchanging for something that you need? Well, how else are you going to get something that you need? Well, you could trade something, trade for something that you have, and trade for something that you need. Yes. Then what's the point of having a lot of it? It makes our lives easier. It does make us happier. I know for some people, you think it does, and it can if you allow yourself to, you know, if you if you love money that much and having a lot of it, you definitely feel more secure. doesn't make you happier. makes you feel more comfortable in your finances. does make you happier. You're happy as a result of the money can get you. If you buy, you know, like a, a sporting event or a concert, that thing you go to or the thing that you eat, can make you happy that you try that thing, that you're doing it with people, but not necessarily the money. The money allowed you to go to that thing, but it's, but it's not the thing that made you happy. It's the, made, it's the thing that allowed you to go to the thing that made you happy, but the event itself could have been a letdown. Could have been. So then, what, the money is the reason why you're not happy then? Like, it can't work, it can't go both ways. But I don't want to get sidetracking and there might be a few times where I might do that but the pro that I'm talking about here is that more money makes life easier and it does that is the one thing I think all of us can agree on less money is hard to pay for food pay for rent utility expenses car payments bills appointments such as doctor's appointments could leave us in debt especially if you're a student makes our lives easier that we don't have to think about like, oh my god, I, I, I need to pay this. What, what's going to happen to me if I don't pay this? You think about consequences. So having more money is a good thing in that regard. However, the con of it, because we want to make more money so that we're not as stressed to worry about our life, because again, it has to go back to money, I think work has taken over our lives because, of course, we want to make more money to make our life easier. And then we still find reasons to complain you hear people all the time complain about their work like oh you know i don't like my boss Ah, oh, you know it's boring this job i don't like any of my co-workers i don't like working at home or at my desk you literally find someone out there that has something to complain about but the fact of the matter is is that they're not talking about the money aspect well I shouldn't necessarily just jump to that conclusion. There are p people that might say, you know, I'm not making enough money. But they're not ever saying to, to you that I'm not happy that I'm making money, you know. Of course they're happy that they're they're making money. At least they're making something. I mean, if you think that, you know, you want to make more money, there's, the grass is always greener. Try to find a different job. Try to find a different career that can make you more money if that's your complaint. At least this country gives you that opportunity. But I think because money has become such a huge hold, a huge factor in our life, and we hold it to such a pedestal, that as a result, work is becoming this big thing in our life. Life is not about work. It's not. Life should be about enjoying yourself. It should be about exploring new things, about what your purpose is about what this thing means and what that thing means. But for some people, work has consumed the lives of millions of people because they want to make more money. They want to advance, get a promotion, to make more money, to provide for their families. I mean, there's no question that at the end of the day, people have good intentions 
in terms of wanting to make more money. Obviously, there are going to be some some people that just want to make more money because they're, they're all they care about is just becoming the richest that they can be. But people, for the most part, want to provide for themselves and their families. That is totally respectable. It's just unfortunate that as a result, we care about work too much. That literally our whole life is about work. And I guarantee you people might disagree with me with that saying that like, I really don't like my work. I'm just doing it for the money. But don't you feel like you get tied up? Don't you feel that you're too stressed? Like it's almost like if you want the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you're going to go through, you know, hurdles. You're going to go through like all these kinds of roadblocks just to get to the pot of gold. That's really what it is. You, you, you're you going through all these kinds of things, which is work. You're going through all these kinds of papers, all these kinds of data, all these kinds of, like, it could be construction. It could be, you know, physical labor. It's not just desk jobs. I keep thinking desk jobs because when it comes to business administration, which is my major, that's really what it is. But, but yeah, you're going to go through all this aches and pain. You're going to go through all of this your, your eyes when it comes to like, you know, you're, you're sitting on the computer, you're not really standing that much. You're going to go through all that. You're going to get tied up in it just because of this money. Like you should have some sense of awareness of how much work has consumed you. I Again, I don't think a lot of people like their work, but because work is in a way addicting, just how you, it's not like people don't want to succeed. Of course, it, like when you're doing something, you want to, you know, not get in trouble, you you want to do your job properly, you are a professional, you are accountable, you want to do everything right, you want to do the right thing. My point with the, the whole thing and how that you know ties to money, you do a job for money, but then when it comes to the job, you get almost sucked into it too much. And that's when your life becomes work. And then you forget why. Which of course is you know doing the right thing and trying to provide for yourself, for your kids, for your mother, your dad, your spouse. That's my point with it. And then, of course, with complaining, that just goes back to just being greedy and being spoiled. You know, I just I just feel like that we're not blessed. And, and again, it's not everybody. But I feel like the more money that we earn or the more money that we try to earn, the more it's like, can I have more of it? You know, like, what is the stopping point? Like, you, do you have a goal saying, I'm, uh, I'm going to reach this amount and then I'm out. It's kind of like in 21 where you say, I want three, I need $300,000. He's going to gamble playing blackjack. $300,000 and then I'm out. He hit that and he still kept playing. Work can be addicting. And then because of how work is, you still find ways to complain. And forget about that you are making good money. You shouldn't really be complaining, but you are. The next pro is that you earn everything you deserve. What exactly do I mean by that? It's kind of like a prof- what a professor told me and my classmates. The work that you put in, like the amount of hours that you study, the amount of science that you do, how well you do them, you know, whatever. The amount of work you do is the grade that you deserve. Like anything that you put in is what you get out. And I think that's still true when it comes to the workforce. If you are a great worker or a hard worker, you will get benefited. You want to grow, you want to learn. I think that gets you a promotion, which gets you more money. You have great results, such as someone who is in marketing with commissions, you get that amount of money that you deserve. Or bonuses, like you hit a certain incentive and you get a bonus for it. Or you don't work that hard, you don't have good results, then you get fired or demoted or laid off. I think in that way it does hold people accountable and try to make things fair and even. 
However, here's the thing. The con is that it doesn't always work like that. It does depend on if you make salary, because you can have one of the hardest workers only make 40000 in a year, when the average is making sixty-five. So it depends on if you make salary. Minimum wage, you could have a very lazy worker and they're and they're making, you know, twenty dollars an hour, even though the minimum wage may be ten. So it could work both ways. But let's go back to the hard worker. They only make eight bucks an hour. Or you may have someone in a restaurant just making tips. You know, that's not great. I know they can, you know, do very well for themselves, but it may not be the best restaurant it may not be a busy restaurant so you're not making that much or in the case of interns they're not making anything so i do think that even though you do earn everything that you deserve there are definitely scenarios where that's not always true another pro you can be born into wealth now this could be the case it doesn't have to be necessarily capitalism i know that but it's easy to do that because there's a lot of money going around in this country like I was, I'm reading a book on Christina Onassis. Or actually, I shouldn't say I am reading. I did read it. Very good book. It's uh, it, essentially it's like all the money uh, pain can buy, something like that. Because she was born into it. Her father, in the shipping business, back in um, not the mid, but mid to late 20th century, her father passed away, which was after her mother passed away. So she inherited the wealth. And even as a kid, it was all about wealth. Because, of course, you know you know how parents are. They spoil their kids. And there's nothing much you could do about that. You know, like, I mean, as a kid, you're not, like, the parents worked hard. The parents made a lot of money. And they pass along to you. I mean, that should happen. That should be justified. And I think it is. However, as generations go along and along, people making a lot of money or there might be people that aren't making a lot of money, the con of it is that the gap between the wealthy and the poor increase. Now, I might have said that as a con way earlier, you know, that that I did say that we can make a lot of money. The, the con can also be that the, the, the gap is uh, increasing because can is the key word. People that are making a lot of money, they're increasing the gap upwards, and the people who are making a lot of money are, are increasing the gap downwards and if you're looking at it vertically from top wealth to bottom poor but i think that it more so applies here because it goes along generations and generations you're born into wealth which extends the amount of time that this family is wealthy and you could be born into poverty which extends the amount of time that you're that you're poor and it does it can take a while to get out of that scenario like, if a kid is born into poverty, but he goes on to do great things, then that takes, like, 20 years to get out of the hole. I mean, kind of, uh, it, I mean, there cannot be a case set when it comes to Christina. She was someone that just had her wealth the whole, her whole life. Her whole life. So she, she never felt that struggle. She never felt that pain that poor families do. It's so much easier to make money when you have money than to make money when you don't really have any or at least you feel like you don't have any so that's why i I really emphasize the gap here that the base for rich people is so much higher and can and then the ceiling is so much higher that when it comes to poor people their base is low and then their ceiling 
might even just be where the base is. It's really unfortunate. And it kind of goes along full, full, full circle. Now, another pro. Now, I have, a, I have a good amount of pros here when it comes to uh, capitalism, but also a lot of cons. They, they tie in together. You can become famous if you make a ton. Or, not even just make a ton, you can just be born into it. If you just have a ton, you can become famous. However, I say this because of the con. The average person views them on a pedestal and wishes they had their money. So yes, people find themselves being greedy when it comes to this aspect. But going more so along the lines of the pedestal, again, I, I, I brought this up before. It was one of my first 50 episodes. Maybe it was the 50th. That when it comes to athletes, we put them on a pedestal because their ability is just flat out remarkable. They're, they're so good at what they do. Especially for people that for the most part, they played sports as a kid and could not go to the professional leagues as these athletes are doing and doing at a very high level. But also we put them on a pedestal because of how much money they make. You Probably you don't realize that, but when you're really good at something that pays you a lot of money, you know that they're either going to make a lot of money or that they already are making it. And maybe you're just not thinking about it. So, I mean, think about Mike Trout. People don't talk about that he has one of the largest contracts in MLB history. No one mentions that, but he does. And the only reason I say one of because it depends who you ask. Are you going on years? Are you going on the overall value of the contract? Or are you going on uh, annually? Because I know there's been players that want to get Mike Trout money. I'm not sure if they're talking about like having more years than Mike having more than, what is it, $450 million on their contract, or just having more millions per year than Mike. But yeah, we do love Mike Trout, and I do think it is because he is pretty darn rich. It's not the, it's not the biggest factor when it comes to athletes, but it is a factor. But then you have celebrities, actors, actresses. They make a lot of money. We don't really think about that. When it comes to Jeff Bezos, why do we care about him? Oh, he's the founder of Amazon. But he is a boatload, a yacht load, probably plural, full of money. We don't think about that. And then there might just be people who we just know are rich, such as the Kardashians. I mean, what the hell do they do? I don't know. But all I know is that money plays a factor as to how we view people. And when it comes to famous people, I keep saying put it on a pedestal because we really shouldn't. Like, they're human beings like us. They eat like us. They go to sleep. Like, I mean, they do all the basics that 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 we do. And they have normal lives, if you really think about it. It's just their lives are a bit more enhanced in terms of what extent of things that they buy, what extent do they utilize their money. I mean, they could probably spend $100,000 on one transaction and still not worry about it, not hesitate. So that's the thing. That yes, they are different from us in terms of financially and how that may influence their decision making, how they view a handbag, how they view products, how they maybe even view themselves, you know. But at the end of the day, though, they're still just like us. And yet, they I feel like that they're not, again, because of us. So that's why I'm like, that is a con. That is definitely a con that shouldn't need to be to be um, I mean again like what really makes them different from us okay their money what else and then everything that you might say to that will touch upon money 
they're really not that different from us. And I know that, again, when it comes to the money, we do wish that they, you know, that we can have their money. But they have their money for a reason. Either they inherit it, they earned it, we just have to accept it as is. We don't have to put that much attention just because they have a lot of money. Okay, we should put their attention if they're doing good things or infamous things, I guess. I mean, I brought up the Kardashians, so, you know, with Kanye West, so we don't need to touch upon that. But he is still someone that has a lot of money. We don't, we don't need to, you know, think about him in, in, in that light just because he has a lot of money. That's the thing. Now, when, when it comes to paychecks and taxes, the pro comparing capitalism to socialism and communism, the government doesn't get that much from your paycheck. I ever since I emphasize that because at the end of the day, they still take a good amount of, from your paycheck. There's no question. And I know as the higher the, the, the bracket that you are in terms of how much income you make, the more you get taxed on. But at least it's not 50%. Unlike Canada, for example. At least it's not 60% or 80% or 90%. It doesn't take that much if you really think about it. However, the con of it, and I know you might say, wait a second, you don't like taxes though. We all, we all know that. And yes, I really do hate that Uncle Sam has to, you know, reach in, into your back pocket and take your money as to call it taxes. But the con of that, and again, just being real here, I am still someone who likes capitalism, someone who doesn't want it to go away, someone that, you know, doesn't want to get taxed on that much. But I understand, being open-minded and self-reflected, that most people use it, money, for themselves rather than donate or help the less fortunate, in which then it could lead to the cycle of the wealth gap, could lead to the cycle of being greedy, that all we care about is having a lot of money, like we should help the less fortunate here, here or there, you know, you don't have to do it every single day, you don't have to do it every month, but, you know, if you feel like you have an overabundance of money, and you and you feel like this is a good cause, that you trust them, then, you know, Spend uh, just spend a little a little bit, knowing that you can impact some lives, even even if you're not that rich that you feel like you know what I made a little bit of extra money. Let me donate it to a, a great cause that maybe helped me, helped a friend of mine that I I, that I know re- really well, you know. Or maybe you feel like you have maybe this doesn't have to do with money, but like you have a little bit too many clothes, or you think about you know buying new ones, where donate the old ones. That's that's all good and well. I, I just don't know there's a lot of people that have that kind of mindset. And I and I'm not perfect in that regard either. You know, I'm not I'm not going to go out on a limb and, and you know and, and say that I'm like big in this regard, but at least it's still the least that you can do is help them out two, three times a year. It's not asking much to give them a good amount of money to donate some of your belongings rather than just utilize Everything that you have, all your assets, and then all the money that you're making for yourself. It's, it doesn't need, you don't need all that. You don't. So I do encourage you, the listener, to, you know, donate, whether it's some money, whatever you can, please give. Clothes that you don't wear anymore. And you, and you could definitely make the argument, I want to say that for my kids. If in fact you know that you're going to have kids, give it to your friend, give it, give it to a cousin. I get that. But there's nothing wrong with giving books that you know that you're not going to read anymore. Things that you don't really care about that you still have in your possession. 
capitalism is, if you really think about it, about you and the opportunity here and, you know, like what you're going to do with that, with that opportunity, but also let's be a little considerate of others. Let's not just make it about how much money can I make for myself. Because I do think that when it comes to this system that people have gotten pretty selfish. And like I've mentioned time and time again in this episode, greedy. Let's try to change the, the, the trend here a little bit. Try to change the tide. Because the government doesn't take that much for your paycheck. If you feel like the government is taking too much that you got to hold on to whatever you have, that might be a you problem. Unless you are making you know a, a ton of money, which again, you're still making a lot compared to the average citizen that might be making minimum wage, might be making 50000 in a, in a year. If you want to add another, another zero, that's probably the person that I'm talking about, that they're making six figures, half a million dollars after taxes. That's the kind of person I'm talking about. Just be blessed with what you have. Don't wish for something that you don't. And be, also being blessed means realizing that there's people worse off than you currently. Help them out a little bit make their lives a bit easier two more pros and cons here the first one being that we do have the best schools and the best job opportunities here i understand you know when it comes to great Britain, they might have you know oxford to compete against us but yeah when it comes down to it people come here for the best education people come here for the best job opportunities there's no question about that i mean we all know about alzheimer's we all know the land of opportunity is here for all ages and sizes and people. But the con, and it goes twofold, is that tuition, parking, rent, and most things are expensive. So yes, even though we have the best here, it comes with a price tag. And you might say, oh, it's still worth it. But there's give and take. That's the thing with, with capitalism as well. You get out what you put in. You have a great product, it's because you paid a lot for it. There's not that many things where it's like, oh, that's a great bargain right there. You know, when it comes to paying for a game now, we ha- we are the city with four sports teams, three of which are relevant. You know, the Flyers, I mean, who really cares? The Union are not there yet because soccer is not the biggest sport in the United States, but we are a great city of caring for our sports teams. The ticket is not cheap. That's my point. That if someone wants to make money, they got they got to charge you something. And if you want to see something, such as an event, you got to go down your pocket a little bit more to buy it. It works both ways. You got to have a buyer. You got to have a seller. And you're and you're trying and it's it's like uh, I mean it's economics. You got to have a compromise. The buyer doesn't want to buy it at this price. The seller is trying to make the most money possible. They're also trying to sell it. So that's where it's like with capitalism, you don't want to spend a lot of money, but you also want to make the most money. And most of the time, I think the seller wins. And it's especially with tuition, where don't get me wrong, you know, Temple and Westchester, fair schools, Penn State, fair, but they're not like the best schools. They may be the best in some things that they specialize in, but not like the overall best school. Penn for example, MIT, for example, Stanford, for example, expensive. Duke is even expensive, and I thought they were just good at basketball. North Carolina, same thing. That's that's the thing. And then we're, we're parking down in the city. Don't even get me started with that. Rent, New York City, Philadelphia, D.C., forget about it. And then just most things in general, 
to uh, to help you out in terms of you know you gotta buy this for your apartment or you know you gotta buy a textbook here and there or whatever whatever thing that you need to help you succeed in your next goal or assignment comes at a price it's rare to that you can actually do things for free or at a very low cost it is just rare but it is rare because you are trying to get something out of it you are trying to make more money you're trying to extend your career i mean advance your career everything comes with a price tag everything that's that's the con does it need to have like a big price tag no does it even need to have a price tag at all you could argue no but that is capitalism and that is just something that in the system in which that we have today the system that you probably wouldn't want it any other way is the system you got to deal with when it comes to its negatives. And the last thing is the competition. We all know when it comes to economics and, we, and if you take that class, we know that the market is fair and regulated. Now, there might be times where you might, you know, you might have this big juggernaut corporation and you might have times where it's uh, a high barriers to entry, which actually is a negative that I have here. But for the most part, competition is fair. And which then, whoever is the best one, you make the most money. That's plain and simple. For the most part, it works. So I so I shouldn't just flat out say, yes, it works 100% of the time. Because I'm going to give you some examples of it that really tell you like, yeah, hold on a second. You know, there might be, there might, there might, there might be something there when it comes to like, how the hell do these companies make just so much darn money? But yes, the negative is that the barriers to entry are high for some industries. Which is not good when it comes to you know entrepreneurs, startups, to have any chance to just even get into the industry and and have a shot of competing with the big dogs. So that is a negative, and we still have oligopolies such as Amazon, big big dog. Like some people like they don't like Amazon just because of how big and how much money they make. Netflix, big one. Walmart, big one. Nike, big one. Google, Apple. It, it's it's unbelievable of how much money they make, how big they've gotten. And they're all over the world, these companies. And that is something, again, that can't happen in, in capitalism. They had an opportunity to become great. They did, for the most part, a lot of things right. And look where they are. They are reaping the benefits of capitalism, which could be you someday. If you want to be the next Phil Knight or Jeff Bezos or Microsoft, I didn't mention that, Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, like I mentioned with Apple. It is possible if you do so well of a job that you make so much money. It's just unfortunate in this regard that just making that much money because it is, we're talking about not even just a billion, but tens of billions of dollars, maybe even hundreds of billions of dollars because I don't have the financial statements in front of me. But that's capitalism. They earn that. They deserve that money. But there's no limit. Which then I feel bad for the small businesses out there that would only dream about those amount of zeros in their net income. And that's where, you know, you don't really have any leg to stand on in this regard. I I do feel bad. I do have a heart. I do have some sympathy where... You know, like I understand that the world doesn't work like that. Life is unfair, you know, that you're going to have big dogs. You're going to have teams that just keep winning championships and, you know, whatever. Like, it's just how it is that if you are the best, you get rewarded the best. 
but it, it can be a negative of how predictable and how sustainable it is. And flipping to the other side of the coin, how sustainable it is for other companies to just not compete with it. That they're just going to do their thing, these companies, not even worry about it, not even hesitate. And they're just, and they know that at the end of the year, they're going to make the same amount of money. They can do no wrong. That's the thing. It's a negative with capitalism, but it also shows you the positive of what you can do within capitalism. So again, I just want to emphasize that I'm not against capitalism. I'm not. It really is an episode just to show you that with a positive can be negatives in which it's mostly towards people, how I really view it. Two things can be true at the same time, that nothing is really perfect, you know, and that's really with, with a lot of these episodes on this podcast that you might hear something, it might be specific to what I'm talking about, but really underneath, there's a reason why I'm, t- I'm talking about it. There's something beneath the surface of, you know, critical thinking, of a message that I'm trying to say without even saying it. And this is just one of those episodes where you can take me out of context, but at the end of the day, I mean, even though I'm saying a lot of negative stuff with capitalism, I'm also saying a lot of positives. And again, if your mind just runs in the right way, you can be someone that can think of, yes, this is a positive, here's why. Oh, wait a second, oh, that positive can be a negative, here's why, and vice versa. Like, that, your mind is a powerful machine. And I do really feel like with anything and everything, you can interpret things in a proper and logical way, whether or not you're right about it, whoever, whatever that means, you know. So I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I hope that you apply this kind of line of thinking when it comes to really anything in life and you really start to get a hold of what I'm talking about in terms of money, not letting it have control over you, not letting it have influence over you, how you see people, how you see yourself, how you see a situation, how you factor in this. You know, because I'll tell you something. I mean, this is just a little bit of a side note, but I do feel like when it comes to protests and when it comes to, you know, like movements and causes or whatever, think about money. Think about if you attack their bottom lines, if you want to get someone out of office, you want to get someone out of power, attack them with their bottom line. A protest is only as effective as their as their money is. What do I mean by that? A protest for a Timberwolves game because, of course, there was something with, you know, like uh, killing all the chickens and, and whatever. Don't go to games. If you don't go to games, your message will become across effectively as the reason why that you're protesting is. Just something to chew on. But other than that, hopefully everybody is doing well financially. Hopefully everybody is doing well mentally and emotionally and physically. If you need anything, I'm here for you. So it was Sam and, and Greg who have, you know, produced this this episode and all the other episodes out there. Catch us on the other side. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, maybe other platforms. We don't know that for sure yet. But stay tuned for more episodes. Check out previous ones. And... Have a great rest of your day. This episode today was sponsored by the law office of one Nicholas Wagner, Counsel with Courage. If you ever need a will crafted, immigration issues, or assistance with real estate transactions, call Nick and his law office at 215-910-8876. Or you can visit the website at wagnerestateplanning.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at High Voltage with Double A.